nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Thank you for joining SA Soccer Roundtable. Uh, joining me tonight, as usual, Rafa. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Good. It's a Monday. Tax day is officially over. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Not people this year. calling at uh, two fifty-five. You know, hey, can I still make my contribution? You can. So I do his, and then, uh, hey, can I do my wife's? I was like, no, it's after three o'clock. Market's closed, man. You can do a check. But it would be postmarked. But uh, I thought taxes weren't due till the fifteenth. I guess that was last year. June? I mean, the fifteenth uh, of June. Sorry. Yeah. May seventeenth. Obviously, I did mine in. Well, in Texas, in, uh, it's February, a little bit so. different because of the snow, uh, the storm. So uh, I think Texas is June something. That's what uh, I thought. Yeah. Sorry, but, uh, okay. For the rest of the great country, uh, not so much. Uh, and the other cohorts is Royce here. How are you doing? I'm here, man. Uh, it's Monday and, um, it's Monday after a loss. So it sucks. <laughs> I didn't like double bad. So, and then triple bad cause it was the RGVFC. So just, well, it, well, it can only get better. It can only, you know, can only go up from here so well hopefully yeah. my production of this is better than espn plus and, and vista's production not not wrong because apparently pc had a shot in that game when he was injured and on the bit and not even on the bench injured and not even there Dude. and they're both coming out they made yeah, that mistake. they're both coming out in a 433 what are what are you looking at that was bad man that was uh, bad on the, the color I, guy was horrible I, I really wanted to, that. I really wanted to send a tweet to ESPN and to USL and be like, "But that no, do those are need those someone are to local do RGV announcers. That that isn't the main. You, that isn't the main group out out of out of Florida. That was a local production down in you know by RGV. If that is a metaphor, because that is a very RGV production crew, because that was just so bad and inaccurate. Good Some lord." Those YouTube sports channels that the high schools do here in San Antonio, the commentaries are way a lot better than the ones. No kidding. That was, I mean, it was so bad. It was just like. So it was reminded me of another show that we won't name here uh, and <laughs> listening to them and just how they make up stuff and 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 <laughs> just run with it. Are we talking about Larry Leathers and Kyle Mankey? Those guys were terrible. <laughs> Going all the way back to the pitch black, you know, pitch black day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. All the way back to Aaron and Kyle. <laughs> those those Sea World kids, just bad. shout out to you guys, man. Hopefully, hopefully you're all doing well. And Kyle, hope, hopefully you get uh, uh, that that acceptance uh, very soon here the, on the job. For real. 
But uh, we also have Kaler, uh, who's going to be coming on probably about a half hour from now, uh, coming on to talk about <clears throat> this week with Birmingham Legion uh, coming to town. Uh, for people not knowing, they are a Eastern Conference team, uh, and he does the Hammering Down podcast, which you can check on YouTube channel or your local podcast of choice. And as uh, a side note, it's pronounced Birmingham. Birmingham. Okay. There's no, there's no pork there. Birmingham. Okay. I'll just go Legion FC. Keep myself uh, out of trouble. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Uh, for that here. So, but to kick off, uh, I was lucky enough uh, to be able to go see the Athenians kick off um, against FC Austin Elite uh, this last Saturday because uh, uh, SAFC was off and out of town. Um, AJ had a soccer game on. Little did I know that they were going to get rained out the next day. So I missed his last game of the year, but. Um, I got the okay from Monica and she's like, I'll take him since, she, you know, through there here. So, um, it was a fun match. If you get the opportunity to go out, uh, please do, uh, they're at soccer central. Um, they have the setups pretty good. Um, I took some pictures and, and stuff and posted them on my page here. Uh, you know, they've got uh, containers that they've done into the locker rooms, the press box right above that. Um, still need a video board, but, you know, a scoreboard that, you know, that would be nice uh, to be able to kind of watch the time and stuff. But um, it's really coming down, you know, it was, with the rain, it was muddy walking to there. But, you know, they 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 made what, you know, the best of what they could. Uh, game action, uh, you know, the Athenians won 3-1. Uh, pardon me, yeah, 3-0. 3-0, yeah. 3-0 uh, with goals by Natalie Hansen, Amanda Smith, and Allison Fahey. Uh, for it here, the first half they took it to him. Second half was really the battle of the goalkeepers, and, and uh, you know, heads off to, to uh, the Athenians' uh, goalkeeper Waldeman. Yeah, uh, Mia Waldeman from the uh, University of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. She was pretty good, but I, I, I will uh, pretty good, very good. That was outstanding second half for sure. I, I will say that the Austin Elite goaltender went. Uh, Went toe to, to toe, toe to toe, and, yep. and save by save, and uh, you know they had they had a the, the Athenians had two or three point blank shots, and you know they you know she ended up saving them, and, and I still don't know how. But uh, um, if you get an opportunity, please do go out to Soccer Central. You know, please support the San Antonio Athenians. Uh, the, the product that they put out is outstanding. Uh, the team they've got is a team that you can get behind. They're a fun group. Um, lots of action. Um, you know, I saw, uh, our old friend Danielle, uh, doing the AR on the other side. So, um, you know, is is to me, it's, it's a fun family experience. Uh, they do have some stands, but you can bring your own chairs and, and kind of sit out, but, uh, uh, please do. So that's the positive. Um, then we're going to cut turn to Sunday where, uh, so we want to start out with the injury. So, uh, a couple of surprises that popped on. Um, we knew Dylan. We knew Maloney. We knew Axel. Uh, but there were two new ones. Uh, Matthew Duplain and PC, both out. And, of course, you know, uh, Nathan's suspension was uh, confirmed. And we kind of discussed uh, after initially hoping, hey, there really wasn't there. But, you know, upon closer review after watching it, uh, he did kick out. And, you know, unfortunately, he got caught. Uh, so a couple of surprises on there. Um and then we'll turn it over. Do we want to start with uh, Royce or Rafa on the uh, on the uh, lineups? 
that uh, that came out with uh, Deplane and PC being out. We'll start with Wiggins. Yeah, we'll we'll start with me if you uh, want to put up input on that. <laughs> if you want to put up the graphic, um, the 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 game time graphic. So they set up in a four four two. Typically, we've seen the four four twos with a more dynamic left back, um, uh, namely Gleedles normally there or, or PC. Um, obviously, PC is not available, so they decided to put uh, Doyle back there. Um, uh, as a left back other side there you go um and it th- that was the first kind of thing that made you question the formation because you're you know um but it serviceable doyle's a really good defender um shouldn't have been any issues um seen from that and you know that was pretty much the only change oh and, and hoppy owl uh, was in because nathan uh, suspended nathan uh, so Hapiao was up on the right wing and Cuello was up uh, as a striker partner next to Patino. So those are the big changes. The midfield is pretty much the same. The um, center backs are basically uh, the we did have the debut for um, Joaquin uh, Varela um, from Argentina. So that was uh, exciting was to see. Who, exactly. Who, uh, who Royce was hyping. Uh, it's an exciting signing. I mean, he has a lot of uh, Aaron. How first did you division. not know this? <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of first division uh, Argentinian experience. Um, uh, so this was kind of the first time to see how. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, it was the first time to see his debut. Although we only saw probably half of it because ESPN Plus <laughs> kept going out. And what was really frustrating. Um, Later on in the game, we'll get to it, but uh, Leo Torres came on, as did uh, Jose Gallegos, and I think we saw all of five minutes of Jose and none of Leo coming on, and a lot of US MNT, US YNT fans wanted to um, tune into that. Didn't happen because ESPN Plus kind of dropped the ball there on the uh, broadcast, but anyway, uh, that was the lineup, and pretty much how it went was, if you want to put up the graphic of the lineup that I created... Oh, the lamp you created? Yep. Um, so let's talk about pretty much what happened in the game and kind of the struggle that... Um, nope. Nope. Last one. The last one? Well, yep. that's only two I got. Is there another one? Yep. <laughs> I sent three. Um, anyway. Um, I got you here. Yeah, it's all good. We'll go through it. Anyway, so uh, the issue was RGV likes to attack a lot up that right wing. Um, there you go. Um, so that's kind of what, what I'm thinking is that's exactly what Marcina was thinking is that, Hey, RGV is going to tack up this right wing. What we can do is we could put a center back there to really stop them. Um, and then we can have kind of empty out the area and we can try to put Lima a little bit back to help Doyle. And then we can quickly get the ball up with long balls up to Epps, um, on the left wing. And then we can attack from there and just bypass their attack. Um, unfortunately what ended up happening was by the time Doyle got the ball, he was already being pressed by two, sometimes three players from RGV. And, um, that's kind of what happened all night long. Uh, Doyle kept trying to get it up to uh, trying to kick long balls up to Epps and they just, they didn't work out. They would go out of bounds. He was just under too much pressure all night. Um, him being under all that pressure, um, uh, Varela had to come over to try to help him out a little bit. 
as did uh, Lemma came back from midfield to try to help out a little bit. Um, and unfortunately, the other two in the back line, Gleedle and Kamiri, didn't see anywhere near as much pressure. So they were up a bit looking to get the attack. And so if you notice how wonky and lopsided that back four is, normally you want that in a nice line or you want the two center backs at least next to each other. If you look at RGVs, uh, number four and number 15 are their center backs. They are perfectly in line. That's exactly how they should be. And the two, um, this is Manly who, right. The two fullbacks, the pressing yep. with, uh, Sanchez. Yep. And the two fullbacks can get high. If you notice how high number two is there, they're right back. That's because nobody's there to take up that space because they're just pressing the living crap at a Doyle. And that was a very successful game plan for RGV. Um, and that's pretty much how the whole game went. Um, they just they attacked that side, and they got a lot of joy. And what ended up happening was Lima, go back to the graphic that I created, Lima came over to help out, um, came back to help out Doyle and uh, Varela back there. So he came out. Lindley kind of went up into the, up and tried to help the attack. And so you, we kind of emptied our midfield. So you saw a lot of time a lot of times RGV would get the ball around uh, the center circle and they would just drive it to our penalty box and nobody was there to confront them uh, right in the middle um, from circle to half circle there. So that was a huge problem uh, that we had. We had zero link up between the back line, our defense and our midfield and our attack. Um, and it just kind of, it, it just didn't end up, good for us the formation just kind of uh, faltered until we started making some adjustments and we kind of went for the all attack uh, we brought in Gallegos we brought in uh, Ollie Wright we brought in Leo Torres uh, who got his season debut did we um, Leo came in yeah <laughs> the, yeah yeah uh, thank you yeah yeah I missed it I'm focusing on the game that's video uh, yeah Leo Torres, Schrodinger's cat. So <laughs> on Fop Mob, it said he got subbed in, but <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so that's pretty much what ended up happening in the game. Uh, RGV ended up getting two goals. Um, we got one kind of near the end on a set piece, which is very important. A set piece goal is a very good thing because we are probably going to live and die by the set piece, considering our pressing system. That's not a bad thing because we're obviously pretty dang successful uh, when it comes to set pieces. So that's something to look forward to. Um, but if you want to put up the formation, the 442 that I came up with, um, this is kind of if the same players are unavailable next week, this is kind of how I would um, change things if I were Marcina. Um, instead of Doyle, I'd probably have Doyle sit. That's no mark on him. He's just not a left back. And. He unfortunately just came under too much pressure. I would have Gleedle out there because Gleedle can come out and he can uh, dribble out. As can Cuello. Cuello can come back and help out uh, with the pressure and they can uh, dribble their way out of pressure. I think that would be a much more mobile uh, left wing and that would help out with any sort of attack on the right uh, from the opponent. At the same time, I'd have Bryant as a right back just because he was there um, in the preseason. We saw him play there quite a bit, and I honestly expected him to start there. Um, I thought he was serviceable. 
Um, but obviously we didn't get to see really anything from the preseason. Um, but I would have had Brian and Epps uh, on the on the right wing to try to partner up and just keep that central midfield stout with Limit and Lindley. Keep them there. Keep them strong because that's really where um, the strength of this formation is is in the midfield. Uh, if you remember last season, we were always talking PCs isolated. He's by himself and. That was kind of the downfall last season. Um, that's why we have the two. We have the double pivot in there, and we need to maintain them uh, in their spot to stay strong. Um, at the same time, like I said, Quayle needs to come back. He, I don't think he needs to be a forward. We lose a lot of what he offers uh, when he goes forward uh, to try to play out of that pressure. Um, and instead of Quayle being up top as a striker, striker partner with Patino, I think Gallegos can do that job, which he did later on, and I think he was pretty successful at it. Um, just RGV at that time, they had their goal. Um, actually, they had two goals, and they just kind of dropped back, and they were just playing for the win, um, which, to their credit, that's exactly what they ended up doing. Um, but this is how I would start. And uh, next up, we have Rafa talk about how he would change things. Yeah, for me, I think I would have played, I think with the personnel that we have, we'll play a 4-3-3. I think we have the speed for it especially with Cuello and Naps, I think they really will help Patino out. Kind of lesson from him getting double team, uh, especially on the attacks. But the one thing is Epps and Cuello have the speed and, and, and the endurance to come back and help out either Bryant or, or Gleadle to cover those spaces. So on the defending-wise, we can end up with a 5-1, you know, like a 4-5-1, but on the attack, looks like we can get those up top. Plus it frees up. Papano, or if we do get PC back like later on, you know, that'll open him up to really, you know, send those balls, especially those through balls, especially when we send them to Patino, especially from that first game. You know, he's deadly on those, and we're missing, we're missing that yesterday. Um, so this is what I – if I was coaching the team, this is what I would have out there. Uh, I, I, like I said, we have a team that can press a little bit more. I just want to have my big guns up there to get to lessen the pressure, like I said, for Patino, but still have the confidence for them to come back and help out our, our outside defenders. But also attacking-wise, like I said, I like to see Guido and Brian go up because they are, you know, athletic. They can push up. They can, they're great passers. They can send crosses in, so that's something that we need to take advantage of since we got some tall forwards. Uh, plus, it opens some space up really for Epps. Epps can take some shots from outside, same thing with Quail. So, that's that's my 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 thing. What I would do if I was like I said, coaching, I'll do with I'll go with that lineup. But I, I just want to. I think I think we can pressure a lot more. I think we could do a lot more things with that that formation. For me, did it? <clears throat> my biggest thing here, and it's. To me, to me, RGV had the ball 71.1%. We had it 28.9%. Um, I understand, you know, we're probably not going to be the team that, that ever has the possession. But to me, that, that was too far advantage to RGV to where, you know, you know, Potinio got his goal, but I don't think he really had the opportunities on, on the offensive side, it, it seemed like that RGV was always the one that was pushing against us, always on our side of the half. 
to me, how do we how do we move forward? You know, and, and the reason why I ask is with Legion FC, you know, they, they they're very quick. You know, they've got speed. You know, to be able to do it, they, you know, they've got Nico Brett. You got JJ or Permian Junior Flemings. Um, what's his name? Um, JJ Williams uh, on there and uh, 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 Kazim Prosper. So they're they're gonna have probably a, a better set to attack than what RGV brought to us. We've got to be able to have some sort of pressure or you know some sort of possession of the ball. How do we connect the defense to the midfield? As Roy says, is is the issue. You know, and, and to me. You know, you know, I called it a home run ball where you're just trying to go over the top and, and hope you can hit, hit, hit Patino. I think that works for a time, but you've got to be able to also transition to where you, you know, where, where you move the balls up. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, pretty much what we were talking about. Um, as long as we have Lima and Lindley and they're in the middle and they, I mean, they present that midfield, that's where you... Pretty much, they stay there for defensive purposes. You, they don't necessarily dribble too much through them. You typically just stay on the wings, and that's why you need Quayle to come back um, as that left winger to play. You know, Gleedle and uh, or whoever's the left back can play through Quayle and dribble up. Uh, SAFC is this season. They're not a possession heavy team. They are very much a okay. We're going to stay stout. We're going to press you. We want you to have the ball because we want to counter press you. We want to take the ball off of you, have you completely unaware and unprepared, and go and, and create ourselves a, a, a shooting opportunity, and that's exactly what they're doing. Um, is 70% a lot for RGV to have the ball? Well, it should have been around the exact same thing, It uh, exact same number it was for uh, Real Monarchs, the same number it was for... Um, but that was a 60-40 split. That extra right. 10% matters. So the extra 10% where that came from was Doyle not having Doyle. the space and time to pass and kicking it long. That's where that 10% comes from. So if you change Doyle out for a left back who can dribble out with Quayle, bring him back. That's a big part. I think Doyle would have been much more successful had Quayle been back and helped him dribble out. Uh, I don't put this all on Doyle. I put this on Doyle wasn't really set up to succeed, and he was just put in a tough spot. And, and honestly, for them to only score that one goal on him on his side, that shows how good of a defender he is because that could have been a lot more because they were overloading his side, and he was pretty he was successful. Left on an island. He would, but he was left on an island. That's the problem, exactly. So, like I said, you get Quayle to come back. You have Gleedle on that side. Maybe you even start Doyle again on the left, but you have Quayle come back as the wing to help him out to try to dribble out. Um, you would you would still be more successful that way if you don't think Bryant, uh, if you don't think Ethan's ready for uh, as a right back. Um, but they definitely need to figure out how to play out of the back more uh, through their wingers. Uh, whether you have you know. If you want to avoid the left side, then, you know, kick it on your right side, give it to Bryant, Bryant to uh, Lindley, and then Lindley up to Epps or Hapiao, whoever's on the right wing. Yeah, that's that's what we got to do. And um, the long balls, like, I mean, like I mentioned the last couple of weeks, it's just unfortunate. Um, but the main thing, uh, and kind of the, mor the moral of the story, is get healthy. Exactly. Um, 
I know Rafa's been kind of clamoring for get another forward if Dylan's hurt. You just got a one of the arguably the best forwards in the league off of your injured list uh, in this game in Jose Gallegos. I don't think we're lacking depth at all. I think we're just so injured right now. We have, what, six guys on the injured list? Four of them on the back line? It's insane. Um, and this is just one of those hurt games that are going to happen. It's good, like, And like I was telling you all, it's good to get these out yeah, of the way early. Uh, get, you know, work these kinks out. Work, work out all the, the mess and know exactly who you're going to be. Work everything out so we're at the end of the season. You're hot. You're looking to get into the playoffs. This is still a really, really good team. Just a bad result. And, and to me, it's it's if this result was against, let's say, El Paso or anybody else in the West, probably you know you just chalk it up as you know, hey, it was just one of those nights. The bad part it was is it's against RG. Yeah, that's it doesn't that's help. The thing that stings a little it doesn't bit more help. that gets looked a little bit more. Especially um, with how bad they were last season, but you also have to look. They took they a different team. A Me- yeah, they stole a game from New Mexico United. They stole a game from San Diego, who was looking really bad this season. Good lord, oh, San Diego zero and three. They lost three to one to the Defiance. Well, if you oh, had God. after what this is week start of week five, if you had RGV leading the Mountain and Los Dos mm-hmm. leading. Yeah. Uh, the Pacific, and in second place was Tacoma. Yeah, nobody would have believed you. No, no. <laughs> OC has started you. poorly. San Diego started very poorly. Yeah, we're not That's San Diego. Zero and three, and and uh, New Mexico hasn't even looked that good. New Mexico responded well. They played Austin. They uh, played Austin, and Austin has Austin a very was- old back line that got exposed in that game. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that before we play one of them, but. Good that's their first game. Lord, so we'll see what adjustments exactly. It's their game first game, game but it really looked like the first thing Austin wanted to do was fight people, and then the second thing they wanted to do was play soccer. So, grain of salt, but we'll see what they do in game two. <laughs> what were your thoughts on, on the cards in the first half? I know there were a couple, you know, San Antonio had three early. Um, I think that kind of changed a little bit of, of how much that they press and or how how attacking and, and RGV actually had more fouls but less yellow cards. What so what I think happened was I mean I remember if I remember properly the yellow cards were to Patino and Cuello. Um I think there was one more. I just was it Lindley? It may have been Lindley. Uh, or maybe the announcer said Lindley and it was somebody else. Uh, I'm sure the announcer so said Lima Casey got one too. 45th, yep. uh, email and 45 yep. plus three and, yep. and Patino got, yeah. So we, we, instead of doing the PC watch, we got to yeah. do the Patino watch because he's already on three. But you know, three. you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Patino has three yellow cards, but you know what he has four of? Goals. goals. I don't care. Yeah. Don't care. As long as he has more goals than yellow cards, don't care. Uh, no, but um, from Cuello, especially Cuello's. Cuello's, I remember because that was an ugly challenge just late from behind through the ankle. Yeah. That was one of frustration because he was not getting service. I think he just wasn't getting service and he he they he knew that they were kind of set up to fail in this match. Things weren't going right. And I think that was just that was just him being 
it just frustrated. And that was Robert a has it right there. That game was just so sloppy. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a sloppy game. It was just, yeah, it was yes, all the way from the broadcast. It was a sloppy game. That's, and the that's announcers, you know, thank you, PC, yeah. uh, for yeah. a, a shot on goal. No yellow cards. Incredible. Dude, did I did I have a shot on goal too? <laughs> even though I wasn't there. Yeah, that was bad. So we got a few minutes before um, uh, before Kaylor joins us uh, from hammering down here. So I know we've kind of touched on this, but do we want to kind of bring up what uh, Coach Marcina, uh, kind of his role? I know we've kind of talked about the lineups. Anything that he could have done in-game possibly better than what he did? Is there anything along those lines that, you know, he could have made adjustments that you would have liked to have seen, Rafa? I think, I, I think he needs to recognize a little bit quicker, you know, especially the, the I mean, from the get-go, you can see the Doyle was having problems, not necessarily as far as defending, as far as problems, as far as being, you know, getting double team and his passing up front was not, was not helping. I think he should have recognized that. I think he should have made an adjustment as far as maybe in, in the formation to give him some support. And I think I think he does that a little bit earlier. You know, maybe maybe the result will be different. Maybe end up we end up with a one-one tie. You know, or something like that. Or we'll maybe well, we do I think with a one girl. I mean, I think he, I think he did try to make a couple adjustments. Like I said, he tried to have Lima come back and help out. Um, but it's just, I mean, the thing, what he, honestly, what he needed to do is he needed to abandon having Quayo up top and he needed to switch Epps and Quayo. Yeah. Yeah. Hapiao, I mean, I, I don't even know if I heard his name the entire match and that's not on him. That's why just. Why don't they go to the other side? Because it seems like that they, and I don't know if it's like, just. Like, Matt to to that was yeah. the, that was the game plan. The game plan was to bypass their right back and the right winger and use that space. That was their game plan. That's why they never went to the other side. It's because the game plan was these two guys are going to be that high up. We're going to burn them all day. Did not work. It did not work. And like I said, what needed to happen was you needed to have Quayo come back. Epps stay up, but Quayle comes back and you still have Patino up top. So what you could have done was instead of the 4-4-2, um, which it didn't even look like a 4-4-2 because of kind of how it was more like a 4-3-3, you needed to go back to a 4-2-2 instead of a kind of a lopsided 4-3-3 as, as what they had. So that would have helped out. You would have helped out Doyle with another person to mark somebody over there because, I mean, Doyle was facing two, three, sometimes four players. And it's like I said, it's a credit to him that it was only one nut. Well, yeah, one nothing heading into halftime. So, and I know it hasn't. And, and the other, and and the other goal came from those adjustments that were made at halftime to have Lima come back and Lindley push forward, and nobody was in the midfield, and that's why they dribbled right through and got that second goal. So there were adjustments; they just weren't the right adjustments, as the score shows. Your thoughts, and like I said here, it was awesome to, you know, not that we got to see it, but uh, Fabrizio Bernal uh, came on in the 71st minute for Epps. Did he really? I, yes. I, God. Well, we didn't get to see it. I know. I don't remember seeing I it. Did, I didn't see oh, Bernal. I didn't see Torres. They tried to pick a fight with him, one of the RGV guys, because, I mean, but, it, was a, it, was just a, it was just a regular foul. I didn't see it. I didn't. Uh, insane. 
Uh, so the subs ESPN that we have plus. were all San, mm. San Antonio connected. You had Leo Torres in the 84th, uh, uh, right in the 58th minute. Ollie, right, right, Ollie, right. Ollie, right. Although he didn't, to me, he didn't really, my frustration with Ollie is it seems like every time he gets it, he tries to, he tries to shoot it instead of, you know, passing. And I know it's, 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 it's there's somebody, there's somebody on this podcast that was hoping that somebody would start taking shots from the outside. Yeah. And Harry seems frustrated with that. <laughs> but they're not solid shots. That comes from the inexperience or. Yeah. I mean, Bernal came oh, off. Oh, so so shooting, first. shooting from outside the box willy nilly is a bad thing now, Rafa. Well, hmm. well it's not a bad thing. I said, hmm. inexperience hmm. as far as, you know, when to shoot it from outside, you know, when not to shoot from outside. I, I think he needs to really, uh, kind of late. I think within time he'll learn how to view more of the field. But you know that's nothing wrong with him taking those shots. But you know it's he the does timing really, of the shots though. It's the timing, yeah. It was it was and like I said, it, I'm I'm happy that he's got the confidence to do it. But because we didn't have that last year, and, and Royce is fair to call me out saying, "Hey, that's what you asked for for last year and this Macho year." Bailone. And <laughs> we did have a dude do the same thing. Come on, man. But so all four of the subs that came on, um, even though we didn't get to see three of them um, or two of them, pardon me, uh, all San Antonio area kids. So uh, shout out to uh, Bernal, uh, Ollie, Leo and Jose for coming on. Jose, I hope you're starting. Joining us now is Kaler uh, from Hammering Down Podcast of Legion FC. Um, I already said your city's name wrong, so I am not going to say it again. Birmingham. So. <laughs> it's not pork. Birmingham. <laughs> and I don't want to get, you know. It's not too different. Birmingham, Birmingham. We say Birmingham or Birmingham, whichever one. Well, Birmingham sounds more delicious, but it's, it's Birmingham. <laughs> I mean, we're known for our barbecue, man. That's like the whole thing with us with Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking to Texans. Let's, let's calm down on the barbecue. Front. <laughs> it's different. It's different. So Kaler's team, uh, Legion FC had a, uh, I, ha I haven't listened to your podcast this morning here. So I apologize here if you put one out here, but, uh, got a, uh, closer than expected one Oh win over Memphis, um, at Legion field. So it, I watched the game. It was kind of cool to see you guys. They had grass. No, it's turf at Legion. No, they weren't oh, at the normal BB, BBBA oh, okay. field. They're still replacing that. So uh, yeah, they that didn't makes want to sense. Play in the I was surprised. I was like, wow, it's a quick turnaround. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, there you go. Yeah, they, they don't work playing, that fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did a Toyota field one season. One season we had a sandbox, and the next week it was like, oh, new sod. Look at that. Yeah, we had the same issue a couple of years ago against the Rowdies, where it was probably twice as bad as it what what you guys saw against Indy Eleven. Right, I and mean, it was miserable. They had to go yeah. and replace the sod. And the most embarrassing, the most embarrassing thing, we hosted Cardiff City uh, on on the sandbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they went and replaced the sod like two weeks later because they were like, "Yeah, this sucks. We need to replace everything. It's not growing." Yeah, that was embarrassing. Cardiff City, please come back. That was awesome. <laughs> Everybody enjoyed it. We have we have grass. Nobody now. got hurt. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> Nobody did. <laughs> Nobody did. <laughs> uh, but you guys had uh, with the largest attendance, uh, ten thousand one seventy seven, according to wow. the USL website here. Um, obviously, Memphis is kind of like your RGV uh, rival, uh, where um, 
listening to you, you kind of discount them quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and for this year, uh, obvious reasons, because I think they're still developing a team. Uh, I think somebody else just got signed. Uh, Tim Howard, is he coming back uh, You know, again? Tim Howard's going to be midfielder and striker. Well, <laughs> Tim Howard was easily the worst goalkeeper we've seen suit up for Memphis, not a one. So <laughs> the guy that they got in gold now, Burner, is an absolute stud. Yeah, he's, he's the only good. reason that was still a one-nil game. I mean, if it wasn't for him, if that was any of the goalkeepers they've had in the past, that's a two, three, four-nil game. So your thoughts on how uh, Legion's looking this year uh, so far here? Um, I know it's early. I think you guys have got, what, three games played as well? Yep, three games. Um, I know there was one that you were a little bit disappointed on, uh, the indie game. Um, but you guys are setting at four points just like we are, one, one, and one. So thoughts on the Legion's first three games? Uh, you, you know, you beat the rival. You tied loose City on the road, which is very impressive. And then you lost uh, in the sandbox uh uh, the BBVA version uh, to Indy 11 um, and kind of an unlucky game, you know, un unlucky. Well, I won't say it was an unlucky goal, but I thought the match was pretty even. And once they got that one goal, I think they just kind of set back and, and absorbed your guys' pressure and, you know, they, they were able to walk away with the road win. Yeah. So the Legion, we have seen two different versions of this Legion team. Well, I guess three. So let's start off with the one that looked the worst. I got the emotional response out of everybody, including me. Uh, my, most of, <laughs> my I did have to delete part of my podcast because I went I went too far into players and I realized I went too far and I was like, ah, that's not a good look. You know, never record near midnight, you know. <laughs> um, but it's that team which it was very uninspired. It was, we know we're more talented than most teams in the division. And we're just going to roll out there and win because last year we could just do that. We were better than everybody else. And we're even better this time. It was very uninspired, very much not playing as a team. And we kind of saw this against the Red Wolves, uh, Chattanooga in a, in a friendly, which that was another very Sandy pitch that day. And it was just very much, this team works on quick one-two passes, and unlike Indy, where they like to play everything slow and play everything simple, uh, Birmingham is a very quick team. And we have guys who, like Johnny Dean, is probably, I'm being dead serious, the fastest player in USL. He's just lightning quick, and then there's Junior Flemings, who's not much slower than him. And so they like to play fast, but on a sandy pitch, couldn't really do that. So we had guys try to go on their own and it just didn't work. We go against Louisville City where everybody started playing more as a team. But you could tell that we were missing pieces, especially whenever we were out with, were without Junior Flemings, we were without J.J. Williams, and then we lose Prosper Kasim and Mikey Lopez early in the second half. That was hard. And then there was this team that we saw last week, which, again, was missing a lot of talent was miss, missing our best defender in Alex Cronali. We were missing Mikey Lopez for the whole match. We were missing Johnny Dean, who was the leading assist, um, the leading assister in all of fullbacks in the USL last year. Massive piece gone. And we lost Prosper Kasim in the 20th minute. So those are four starters that were just instantly gone from that lineup. 
but last week was different against Memphis. And this is what we're starting to see more of what we saw against Atlanta United, where instead of just counterattacking and just inviting pressure and just beating people on the counterattack, we pressed and forced mistakes and then counterattacked because before we just wanted mistakes to happen and then we sprung. This time we we caused more mistakes, which is what I've been wanting to see because we have the guys like a Nico Brett, like a Prosper Kasim, like a Bruno Lapa who can force the mistake and then immediately counter. Any questions you guys have? So do you guys – what are you looking for for this game, this coming game? What am I looking for? Yeah, look, looking forward as far as our, uh, the game between our, our team. Like the our setup team. for the Legion yeah. coming to San Antonio. So, I mean, just out of sentiment, I'm very happy that Zach Harifo are and Mikey Lopez are coming back. I know those are guys that are very, mm-hmm. you know, you know, tied mm-hmm. into the San Antonio community. So I'm very excited for, sure. for them to go back. And I'm excited for the fans to see them again. I'm glad it's happening this year and not inside of a stadium that didn't have fans. Um, something else I'm really looking forward to is San Antonio, while looked very flat against Rio Grande this last that, week, yeah. um, they're still one of the best teams out in the West. And I know that a lot of San Antonio fans saw a lot of panic, but from what I saw as an outsider, there's not much to panic about. It was just one of those games. Yeah. And so us going against a top tier team, which we saw we could go toe to toe with Louisville city, but can we go to Texas in the middle of the summer and do it? It's, you know, it's like a, you know, rainy night in Stoke basically. I mean, we're just, we just got to see if we can do it. And if we get, if we can escape with a point, then that's great. If we can go away with a win, (laughs) then I'm feeling very excited about the upcoming season. A loss if it's close, I might take it. To me, what sticks out is is the back line. I know you mentioned Dean, but uh, Ryan James on the other side's you know a, a very good uh, fullback, and uh, Kavita in the middle is, is the other one that, that I know from you know from previous experiences. So, um, and then you've got probably the um, I think he's rocking a beard, but with Matt Van Opel, uh, facial hair is you never know what you're gonna get. I'll just say <laughs> he. It, it, our team definitely has the different hairstyles with Mikey dyeing his hair whichever way he wants to that week. And then whatever Matt Van Oka was doing with his hair slash beard that week, you're just kind of along for the rod and just hoping it's not whatever it was against Tampa Bay. <laughs> fair, fair. So uh, to me, I know San Antonio is more of a pressing team, um, you know, along those lines here. How do you, you know, I, and I've been telling, you know, these guys here, watch out for the speed from, you know, from uh, the Legion. How do you see the game playing out? You know, because it seems like both, both sides are going to be, you know, you know, pressing each other. Um, I think both are fairly speedy in, in certain areas. I think we got the bit, you know, with uh, Patino, he's quick, but he's also, he's got, the, he's that physical size, you know, physical size up front. Um I know we tend to play on the line. Uh, we'll say, you know, RGV, you know, head coach called us a little bit dirty for kicking. Uh, we'll say, but uh, I think it, you know, you know, and I know Alan Marcin has got the reputation of being an ankle biter. Uh, you know, for out here with just how his team plays, it's always, you know, it's it's always in your face here. So, 
pressure wise, you know, for uh, Legion FC, and I know it's only three games, but um, have they faced a team that kind of puts a lot of pressure on them? Um, I don't think Louisville, I think Louisville's more, I don't think they press. Now, I don't watch them as closely as you do. But you know, with, with with their lineup, I don't think that they're they're quite impressing. Memphis, that was their first game, so we'll see what they grow into. Um, and Indy isn't one that uh, typically presses either, as you mentioned. That's more kind of you know, you know, stay back and, and build from the back. So we've kind of seen this happen before, and Louisville City presses a little bit, but not as much as you probably would think. With the talent they have, they have the ability to do it, and if a match calls for it, they can do it and do it well, but that's not their style. But we have seen it once in this friendlies, and it was against Atlanta United, their MLS uh, squad, who, which that match was every single person on that team except for one player, was their normal starting 11. So we saw the real deal Atlanta United. And they're very pressing, extremely pressing. And for everybody that was there at that match, and you can go back and watch a replay of it, the Legion were the best team on the pitch that day. And it's not close. And so what that really shows me is that this back line, which coming into the season, I had as the biggest question mark. I thought that was going to be the biggest place. It's like we have talent. But for some reason, every single center back who's ever played for the Legion decides to die, um, which is what Yikes. we like to do. I mean, y'all have seen him, Zach Harifo. Harifo, I always pronounce his name wrong. Um, it's called Dirty his, Harry. Well, Harry either Paul. way, he was a center back for us in our first Ooh. season. Yeah, we get that. <laughs> That's our backline issues. Bold. But this year, they've ended up being a strength for us. Uh, with an Alice Cornali who has amazing on the ball skills that you don't see out of most six four, six five, whatever he is, center backs. He's amazing. Fanuel Cavita is a beast. Johnny Dean can run past anybody with the ball. And then a guy that has popped up for us who has been a FEMU, who he is a guy with four years of USL professional experience and he's 20 years old. He is well, well over 4,000 minutes in the USL now at 20. And he plays like a professional's professional. He's only had one moment where he's like, ah, oh, that's a 20-year-old like right there. But that was against Louisville City, who is the top class in this division. Yeah. But this back line, if you guys press us, I think it's going to I think it's going to break us down a little bit more than other teams have in the past. But if this is the same team that we roll out against Atlanta United, if that same team shows up, then it might be a long day for San Antonio, assuming that our forwards can finish. Royce, any questions you have? Yeah, I I, I mean Taken from that and those context clues, it sounds like uh, uh, Birmingham really likes to attack up the wings and utilize their speed and their pace up there. Um, as far as the midfield, I know obviously Mikey and um, and Haraval are there. Is it just more of a defensive stance middle uh, midfield with uh, kind of um, the fullbacks and the and the wingers kind of attacking and crossing into? The strikers or how normally do they what is the game plan for their attack i guess is my question so believe it or not a lot of our a lot of our attacks start from uh, the wolf well, start from the wings but 
that's where the counterattack starts. But the real offense happens in our midfield with okay. Bruno Lapa, who was our team MVP and was first team all USL last year. He was one of the most remarkable stories coming out of college last year. He slipped through the cracks, didn't get drafted through MLS because he's Brazilian and didn't have a green card. So nobody wanted to use their international on him. And he is way too good to be in the USL. So I'm thankful we have him. But he is a phenomenal player, and he is very good at distributing the ball. He is, And what we really see a lot is Anderson Sidhu who is probably the most improved player from last year from this team. He before he is a very aggressive player. So if like you guys, if he if he goes and takes out somebody's ankle or you know decides to get in the face of a ref or whoever, it's not out of out of the ordinary. That's just Anderson. But he'll dribble through anybody and it's almost impossible to get the ball off his feet. He lays it off to Bruno who Bruno has the option to lay it in the down the middle for someone like Nico Brett, or he pushes it out to the wings where a guy like a junior Flemings or a Ryan James or a Johnny Dean or someone like that can get onto the ball. So really our offense, we win the ball in the wings, push it to Bruno and then let Bruno run his magic. And from there it's, Wherever he has the ball, you just kind of have to watch the space around him because he's going to try to find all the open space. So really, it's a plug the gap and pray. Gotcha. One thing, you know, like because Nico Breck is what five eight. Uh, you're starting forward. That might be um, generous. So height wise, are are you guys a small? It seems like you guys are a smaller team because I think Junior Flemings is is. Uh, fairly small as well. Oh, you know, it's small. Flemings, I size, think it's like five ten, five eleven with cleats on. So yeah, yeah I mean, um, so man. you guys, it's really the speed for you guys. So where I think one thing San Antonio will have over you is the height. You know, especially the back line of San Antonio is what average six four uh, for that, and Patino is what six three, six four as well up top. And, and I think Nathan, if if Nathan returns through there. Um, I think uh, Jose Gallegos is probably at five eight five nine ish range, probably around there here. But I'm wondering if if San Antonio may have a little bit more advantage, especially when it comes to set pieces, uh, being able to defend them, um, and also possibly you know corners and stuff uh, through there. You know how how is the height on 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 on, um, on, on Legion, or is it mainly? You know, up top that they're a little bit shorter, but in the back, you know, you got the trees back there as well. We definitely have a very, very tall team as well. We have shorter guys up top, to, but our we also have J.J. Williams, who was a first-round draft pick in the ML, MLS draft to the crew, and he's most famously known for getting a red card and then cussing out a ref in the bubble. Um, solid. Um, <laughs> and... He is six three, six seven. He's six four, yeah. Yeah. So he is six four, can jump as high as you want, and just a massive human being. So you got some size up top. And then you have a guy like Alice Cornali, who is six four, six five. You have Fenwell Cavita, who is six two, six three. And then you have a Benefimu who is six three as well. So we have our own guys, and they're really spread out. Our back line is very, very tall, but you also have a ball-winning midfielder 
in JJ Williams, who can also get on to his head on just about anything. So we kind of have best of both worlds. It just depends on what lineup uh, Coach Stone rolls out there because do we want to have our size out there to battle against you guys or do we want to just get our shorter guys and just run past you? It depends on what Coach Stone wants. We've seen in the past hey, him like to do a mixture of both. He wants to have the option. But if he were to commit to one over the other, we could definitely be it could be, definitely be an interesting matchup for sure. Any final questions that you have, uh, Rafa or Royce, for Kaler? Not at all. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate any, it, guys. Any questions you have for us here, Kaler? I know I'm, I'm going to be following up with you on Wednesday on your podcast here, but uh, any other questions that you have uh, for us? I mean, this is just uh, for any of our fans. I know we're going to have a few fans in attendance. What should, right. I, what should I expect? So, okay. So, I do know um, – so we always have a tailgate. Um, it is going to be social distant, wear a mask, whatever. Uh, tailgates are going to be sponsored. Well, I don't know sponsoring, but they're going to be put on by 210 Alliance, the Crocketeers, and Mission City 118. And this um, this weekend's, it's going to be, uh, did y'all see the tweet about the Chinese dinner? Yeah, for um, from two so the Crocketeers typically do the sausage and and stuff They're there. Sponsored by Kielbasa, which Kielbasa, is a which is really sausage. really good. And then they'll have um, uh, was it? Oh, hold on one second here. Let me do two ten here first, since I got yeah. Two ten has their two tens got some the Walk of Texas. Uh, it's they're having that. Uh, you know, for, it's free food. They also have uh, Ranger Creek beer uh, for that, which is one of the local breweries. Uh, you know, in town. This is all free, uh, by the way. All free. All free. Um, and you do have to get, yeah, you do have to show card, you know, just right. No ID, obviously, but the food's free for anybody and it's a family friendly tailgate. And so. then for, for um, the Crocketeers, hold on. Um, second pitch beer and Tough Dog Brewing. Uh, both are home craft beers, I think, uh, for right here that they have come out. Uh, with Southside Soda, um, which is also uh, uh, very, soft, very soft good. Yeah. Um, not your normal Coke stuff like that. Here, it's it's you know, you know, I'm sure uh, James may yell at me, but I always try to sneak a couple of them home for a week. Oh <laughs> <laughs> boy, they're they're but, that good. <laughs> but it, but anyway, this this starts at four. Um, kickoff is at seven thirty. Yeah. It's from four to six thirty or seven, and then there's a march to the stadium with the supporters groups, and they'll go settle in in our little bar patio scene we have behind the south goal. But normally, in in so San Antonio has said this is going to be what Viva Week. Um, yeah. And there's a logo that we're going to talk about here uh, momentarily here. Uh, for that here about um, it's kind of a fiesta um, look, which is a big, it's a San Antonio holiday, I guess you would say. I'm not from here. It's kind of like our Mardi Gras. It's just a reason to get drunk. Yeah. It, it's a reason just to party. It's, it's a two week long party in San Antonio. It's if you're going to come to San Antonio, come next year because it's going to be back on and it's going to be, it's going to be pretty amazing, but there's like oyster bake. There's um, night and, night in old san antonio there's uh, new orleans yeah taste of the north side which is just it's just engorging yourself with ridiculous food and getting drunk that's basically for two weeks it's 
That's our sound. Have safe drivers, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uber, Lyft, cab. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or designated driver if you need to do it here. Because <laughs> I will say SAPD is out quite a bit. That oh, yeah. And, that oh, the, yeah. you know, and that goes for if you go to a San Antonio FC match as well, please yeah. uh, drink responsibly. As far as the game day environment, um, Toyota Field, you know, now we're probably impartial to it, but I think it's probably a top 10, top five in, in top USL. Five. Top um, five. As far as just the environment, because the fans are right there. Um, it's an, you know, it's, it's, it's a lower league stadium that's built. It's not a pop-up stadium. Um, it's, you know, it was built to possibly rise to uh, MLS standards. Uh, of course, that, you know, didn't come true uh, for that here. But to me, it, it's, you know, if you ever make the trek uh, trip out, it's, it's to me, it's one of those stadiums that I think that, you know, kind of like Highmark is up in Pittsburgh. It's one of those, if you're a fan of USL, um, it's one that, you know, you, you know, whether, you know, it's your team that's playing or you just happen to be coming to San Antonio for whatever, if you have the opportunity to go, it'll be something that, you know, you won't forget. And, and, you know, it'll leave it generally will leave a good taste that, you know, there's, you know, there's first match probably wasn't so much if, if you're visiting just with the lines and stuff uh, you know, for this year, but uh, typically it's, it's, it's the, a, the second match was much better. The lines. Yeah, were there's, there's a, there's some, uh, uh, when you get in the stadium, there are, there are some new food choices that are, they're pretty nice. We, there's a, there's a local chef that has a couple of restaurants. One's called Burger Teca. The other's called um, La Gloria. Uh, La Gloria. La Gloria is Mexican food. Burger Teca is burgers, believe it or not. Um, but they're, they're like, yeah, they're like chef made stuff. It's really like mole. If you like mole in your burger, yeah, really good. It, it's good stuff. So, Solid. but it's, um, I mean, it's a good time. Um, it's good atmosphere. It's fun. It's kind of it's family friendly. I mean, just don't go to the bar with the with the supporters years, but it's it's family friendly. Everybody's <laughs> fine. And right now, it's only a third capacity. I mean, um, no one's thought it's fine. So. <laughs> but yeah, we we've yeah. we've had supporters that have came in and and you know, absolutely like they're 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 well received. Like uh, I met the the New Mexico United owner. Uh, he came out to the tailgate, you know, and and looks at the curse and. Um, you know, Colorado Springs has came down. Obviously, the Texas teams, uh, you know, have all came. But uh, anybody that's came down, you know, generally, generally leaves and you know, depending it's on just, the game. It, it's it's when they come up to San Antonio that's kind of the problem where we run into um, <laughs> not so friendly confidence. <laughs> That's uh, all right. <laughs> but Kaylor, it was definitely uh, not awesome to have you on. Um, like I said here, I'm, we'll talk. I think it's Wednesday, right? You and I on, on your show here, uh, kind of previewing, uh, you know, the upcoming match uh, from our side to your side. Um, but uh, thank you for coming on. And, and like I said here, if we get to do this again next year or maybe uh, in the finals, uh, which I would not object, uh, especially if it's hosted here. Cool. Um, you know, cool. There shouldn't be sand at BBVA by that song, so we should be okay. Knock on wood. Knock on hey, wood. but if you get the finals, you know, being able to have, you know, because what BBVA only holds five, right? Yeah. If you had the final, being able to hope it at Legion Stadium and have 15 to 20, 25,000 or, you know, however many people that you can get crammed in there, 
that would be a pretty impressive, uh, you know, thing there. Cause we know the South, you know, despite the, you know, you know, I still remember what Chattanooga FC, uh, playing what, Cosmo two in the MP. I think it was NPSL final having what close to 17, 18,000, um, Atlanta, Atlanta United's, you know, always near the top. So I, I could bet Alabama would turn out if it's a championship game. Um, you know, obviously you wouldn't get a hundred thousand, but, uh, um, it wouldn't shock me if you could turn out, you know, 15, 20, 25,000, uh, you know, in Birmingham, if it was the USL championship game. The issue with Legion field is that if you put 25,000 people in there, that whole stadium might collapse. Like, I don't oh, really. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's old man. It's called the old gray lady for a reason. It's, there's it a reason nice that on TV. <laughs> it looks nice on TV until you go outside and see that every single structure of it is rusting. Oh, so no. <laughs> it's, did, it, did, did Anthony Precourt have a team there before and just kind of let it go to ruins? Is that <laughs> hey, listen, there hasn't been any logo changes around here or anything like that. It's all right. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> that, obviously, that's not a sore subject at all for us here in San Antonio. Anyway. <sighs> But I will say this, uh, go runners, beat UAB next year. I'm pretty sure we'll face again. Um, that's, you know, it's uh, at the new stadium. That's going to be a protective. And that's a uh, 40,000 U.S. stadium in Birmingham. And it is nice. a beauty. I will nice. say UTSA football next year. Watch nice. out. They they are going to be yeah. loaded. Um, it wouldn't shock me if, if you know, of course, you need a QB, and, and that, I think that's the weakness of uh, UTSA, you know, depending on if Frank Harris can stay healthy and if his accuracy can improve. But with, uh, you know, not to change the subject off of, uh, you know, SAFC, but UTSA football, weapons. Um, Conference USA, weapons. Yeah. I know UAB's been, UAB's been very, very good, and you guys have probably the best coach in uh, Conference USA and how he's Besides still Jeff at Trillian. UAB. Uh, I don't know how somebody hasn't grabbed him yet, but because he doesn't want to leave, <laughs> he probably has a pretty pretty good there. Him, to be fair, he doesn't want to leave. I mean, he's definitely gotten offers, and I think he was offered the job at Auburn, but he was like, "Nah, my home's in Birmingham." He likes what he's building here, so fair. So, but uh, we'll look forward to you know, maybe uh, you know. Uh, exchanging some friendly banter back and forth when uh, CS <laughs> CUSA football is going on. If you're a Blazers fan, you know, being from Alabama, you may be, a, you know, a Alabama fan. And I don't like Alabama fans. A, a fighting Nick Saban. Oh, I that's mean, unfortunate. I mean, <laughs> listen, man, they're paying my tuition. What can I do? Fair. <laughs> fair. Absolutely fair. <laughs> so, but it was a pleasure speaking with you, Kaler. Uh, or Taylor, or, yeah, Kaler, pardon me. Um, thank you for having, and I'll see you on Wednesday. I appreciate it, guys. Thank y'all. See you, Kaylor. Appreciate it, man. All right. That was Kaylor Hodges of uh, Hammering Down uh, Podcast here. Uh, and like I said here, you know, please follow him on YouTube um, and, um, you know, on the broadcast, uh, your your broadcast of choice uh, for that here. Final thoughts, guys. Um, it's been kind of an up and down show. Um you know, Athenians won, uh, ESPN plus, uh, you know, RGV, but it was more, was, was horrible. The RGV match was not good for us. We'll, we'll just say great for them and, and happy for down in the Valley to finally have a, uh, season where they can smile about and not like, Hey, we're the worst team, uh, for that here. So, 
Uh, yeah, they've already uh, they've already surpassed their uh, win total win total from last year. Yeah, <laughs> well, they should have caught their chickens before yes. they hatched. It's too early. I will say, at least we're not Oklahoma City. Uh, I don't know if you've been following Oklahoma City. Yeah, we're not a lot of teams that are not, we're good. not Memphis. We're not Oklahoma City. We're not. Yeah, there's and a just lot to kind of give you guys, uh, you know, it, it's never good. Lo- it's never good to lose to RGV. No. But when you look at the position here, Louisville City's at four points. Now they've only played two games, um, but they're still at four points. San Antonio's still second, you know, uh, you know, you know, five points back from RGV. But I do think RGV is going to come back once they kind of get figured out um, with what they're doing. Uh, New Mexico United, you know, is at four points. Phoenix Rising's at six. You know, Sacramento's at six. You know, you've got LA Galaxy two and and Tacoma Defiance at seven points. San Diego so, Loyal zero. Points. San Diego Loyal at no points. Uh, three matches played, negative six. That's uh, a big surprise. Um, yeah, Oakland Roots have played one game, so it's still early. Um, we're not the bold. Um, I'm sorry, bold. I've been predicting your. Uh, failure for a couple of years and i think this year might be the year i'm finally right uh when it comes to it but there is one thing that we do have to talk about here um and we kind of already hinted on it and i wish safc would give us a little bit more of what their plan is but like with safc it is still to be determined, but it's so, uh, good. it's so good. Oh my goodness, Royce! I know you said you wanted to talk about it, and we couldn't talk about it anymore. Uh. Um, so uh, tell me about what you see and and what what this means to San Antonio. It's Fiesta, man! It's Fiesta in the SAFC logo. I mean, I know the Spurs did it, and so they're kind of doing the same thing the Spurs did. Which I mean, that's same family it's safc hashtag safc family but man i'm just it just makes me excited it makes me excited because we're it's you know we're getting to the post-covid days the post-lock not post-covid because we're always going to live with it but the post-lockdown days we missed fiesta last year and we're getting to more normal San Antonio is just a celebration city. I I miss how friendly everybody was because we really haven't been able to interact as a city, which really sucks. And just getting back to that just makes me excited. Um, uh, I guess uh, I don't know if we're doing final thoughts right now, but my final yep. thought is my final thought is man, get vaccinated because we're so close. We're so close, and Fiesta is so close, and we can get back to how we were. We can get back and to celebrating. And if you're 12 years or older, you're eligible now. 12 years or older, and pretty soon it's going to be even younger than that. 12 years or older can get the uh, get the Pfizer. So, and it's it. I mean, I'm sure we're all vaccinated now, all three of us. It's mm-hmm. it is like two days of kind of being uncomfortable, and it's a lot better than the alternative because was it 30% of people that do get COVID deal with long COVID symptoms and it's bad, man. It's, it's really bad. I mean, I know we've been saying this for a year, more than a year, but if you get that vaccine, uh, I mean, it'll keep you out of the hospital and that's the most important part, but let's get vaccinated. Let's, Let's just get back to normal as soon as we can. That that's the ticket to it. Just go get vaccinated. It's like I said, two days of discomfort, and that's pretty much it. And you're good. 
Your final thoughts there, Rafa? Uh, final thoughts, I guess, looking at that picture, I'm like, could that be the, the third jersey, you know, the coming out pretty soon or for, for Saturday's game? Good point. You know, you know, like, I mean, the Spurs do have that Fiesta jersey. Well, they do. I mean, now that you mentioned that, uh, not to hijack you, but I just did. Uh, they they do have the road jersey that has those stripes. Maybe they paint in those stripes with some Fiesta colors. So, yeah. hmm. That'd be the home, probably the new third jersey, the black and the, the Fiesta kind of little. I'm so excited. Sash and so all excited. that. Yeah. So we'll see. Or maybe the, they're maybe the new their new workout tops. Who knows? You know. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully they do sell it. Yeah, the I need to win an auction this time. One beef I do yeah. have, they don't sell visors. They need so anyone at merchandising, go invest some visors for SAFC because I'll buy I'll buy some from you guys. My uh, but my final thought, uh, like it's like I said, can't mention enough, like I said, you know, get vaccinated. We're like we're like this close coming back, you know, for almost being I'm not saying back to normal, but close to it. You know, um, you know, venues are starting to pop up, like concerts are starting to come back, even though they canceled the big one that I'm supposed to go to, so I have to wait another year. I'm I don't know what they canceled. The, the Def Leppard, Motley, Motley Crue. So if There's I had that no ticket, for, and yeah, the big stadium. Yeah, the big stadium tour, so I have to wait till next year, but it's all right. I, I did see some a couple other shows I'd probably go to. Yeah, and knock then, on wood. Knock on wood. Ramstein's still coming in September, yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Well, Alice Cooper's a, coming to Austin show. in September, so mm-hmm. with Ace Frilly, so mm-hmm. I'll probably go to that. Actually, I'll will be in Austin that weekend, so, that week. So, um, also that going back to that, I mean, I have good news uh, from my work. It was something leaked out. Uh, looks like <laughs> oh, I'll be no. tra- traveling back. It was leaked out from out, out east. For my recruitment, uh, during my recruitment trips, I normally go to uh, do college fairs and stuff. Uh, I did see a tentative schedule to be back on the road, which I'm happy about. So Very nice. So it looks like it'll be a lot, lots of road tripping to send, uh, West Texas, um, El, hopefully El Paso, definitely San Antonio, Austin. So. You'll get to so I'm, I might miss a couple episodes, but or I might just sneak in while I'm on <laughs> live from the hey, college for and so forth. Hey, Rafa, Matt just posted a RAP to Mary Martinez, uh, Mission City. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's where I saw also mentioned that. Um, you know, form our former, you know, Mission City, you know, brothers or sister Mary Martinez passed away from COVID complications, so we, we do want to send out. You know our prayers and condolences to to the family. You know, we're, you know our prayers are with you, and you know anything you guys need. You know, you know we're family. Anything you know, you can reach out to us, and you know just let us so you know. You know we're hurting too. You know, before, I know a lot of people have lost people because of COVID, like I said. But we're here. You know, we're here in our prayers, and you know. So hopefully, like I said, we'll, SAFC will get a win for her on, on Saturday against Birmingham. Yeah, so my final thought, uh, you know, hard to follow that up here. Um, Circling back up, uh, San Antonio Athenians uh, do host uh, Central Texas Hornets this uh, Saturday night at 730. So they're going to go head-to-head against SAFC. So 
if you don't have uh, tickets to SAFC um, and you're looking for a good alternative, that's no cost outside of, you know, the gas to get over to uh, Soccer Central. Um, it is a great thing, you know, a, a great, uh, uh, great time. Um, the Athenians, I think, showed that they're probably, I think they're probably going to be the class of, uh, you know, the UWS Southwest, although we got to see um, how some of the teams up north start here. But uh, at least early uh, on, you know, the, they beat who I thought was going to be the, the second toughest team in, in FC Austin Elite. Um, but yeah, you know, please, and I know Roy's kind of harp, you know, kind of, you know, mentioned this here. We're close, you know, we've all lost people um, that's close to us, um, you know, due to COVID, um, you know, uh, for that here. Um, my big thing here is also with the mental aspect of it, you know, with kids and, and stuff here, um, you know, please kind of keep involved and in, in along those lines. And if you do need to discuss, you know, I'm sure any of us, you know, would have no problem chit-chatting with you um, or, you know, reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. Um, but please, you know, wash your hands, you know, wear your mask still. Uh, if, you know, I know CDC's kind of relaxed it, but if you're going to ATB or public places, please wear your mask still if you're outside. I understand that. Um, and also remember that, I mean, any kids under 12, they still can't get vaccinated. So, yeah. I mean, my family's still going to wear their masks. We're still going to use the same precautions uh, because my, you know, my kid can't get vaccinated and I don't want him to get sick. So if, you see somebody with a mask it's because they're worried about somebody that they love um and um, and i've got used to it too and exactly exactly to be honest but, with you yeah they've already done studies that people catching the flu was down this year because yeah. it partly be, you know number one people are washing yeah. their hands and being a little bit cleaner Honestly, but number two yeah. the mask helps prevent helps keep you stay healthy so um there's a reason you know why you know you know, people over in Japan and China, you know, and all those lines have been wearing masks well before COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, it wasn't, you know, you know, uh, for right here. And, uh, you know, as I told my wife, um, I like being able to kind of mumble uh, without people knowing <laughs> that I'm mumbling. <laughs> nice. So I can say my snarky comments to myself and nobody has any wiser. <laughs> uh, so, but, you know, just to kind of, you know, I had a uh, Karen uh, story. Uh, speaking of that tier, you know, you know, AJ had a had a game on, and, and their team, you know, they were getting destroyed. Um, and then one kid, you know, you know, they were up 12, 13, 14 to nothing. And one kid's all, you know, doing the Superman going down the field, and I was like, hey, have a little bit of class. And then of course, uh, this Karen, uh, you know, popped back. Well, why are you commenting? That's our kids. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, just you know, it's your team's clapping. I'm like, yes, they're clapping to say, Hey, it's zero, zero still to keep fighting for each other. But so needless to say, I had a little sideline infraction and Monaco's right there going really <laughs> so, nice. Uh, so, but, uh, it was kind of fun, but, uh, you know, it was just, just, you know, wear your mask, you know, that way you can say stuff and people don't take offense to it. <laughs> Cause I wasn't one of those coaches who's well, Kicking and screaming from that Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> it wasn't. I wasn't oh, even man. saying stuff that bad. You know, I was on the ref a little bit. You know, because you know, their their team was obviously way better than ours, and you know, right. You know, they they were getting away with some some advantages, we'll say. Uh, you know, and we weren't. And I was like, really? You know, hey, you know, they don't need any extra help. <laughs> you know, they're doing well enough. Uh, but uh, they didn't take too kind to that. But uh, 
it was all good. You know, like the kids did a good job. And, and like I said here, uh, you know, happy for AJ, you know, he completed his first season in Academy and, um, you know, had some, had some growth. So I have some concerns, but, uh, those are shows for another day here, but, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you to Kaylor, uh, Kaylor coming on from a hammering down podcast here. Uh, we'll be on next week here. Uh, probably same time, hopefully with a lot better stuff to discuss. Hopefully ESPN plus See. Will stay up to where we can watch the replay and not shut See. down. And I'm interested to see what San Antonio FC has up their sleeve. Uh, they're kind of building this up and hopefully it's not a, uh, what was it? A New Mexico United that they were going to break the internet and they announced uh, somebody that's already been in USL. So, but it's like a free, free taco at Taco Bell or something. I just hope we get healthy. That's the main thing. Yes. We just got to get healthy. We got to get healthy. And yeah, to, yeah. And to end it, sincerest condolences to the Martinez family. Yes. Um, we're thinking about you. And what's life without goals? And I hope everybody has a great week.